0: Welcome to another installment of Systems Within Systems Presents The Way of Violent Realization. I am sitting here with Sifu Hill. Hey. And Kenny is doing all the technicals. Hello. And I am Ben. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about expectations and um, the weight that they have and when they run into sort of trouble with your with your core values. So um, we'll talk about how this relates. I've been making a number of decisions... Lately, and I was talking to Sifu about the decisions I was making. And some of the things that came up were um, my reasons for going in one direction or another direction. Uh, For me, I'm talking about work. But some reasons I was not going in the directions is because uh, of the perception I thought other people would have from it. You know, like, what would my parents think? What would my wife's parents think? What would my wife think? And these are all, for the most part, very supportive people. But I didn't pay enough attention to the amount of weight that their perceived expectations would have on the decisions I was making. And it was making the decision process a lot more difficult. It was a lot more stressful than it needed to be. So so how did you
1: come (laughs) up with that idea of, you know, like under the the pressure of what people are thinking? Plus also under the the expectation that you had of yourself right along with the expectations that other people have so there are expectations you have of who you are and what you want to achieve you know like say uh, i know uh, kenny when he says that he misses a day of practice he feels guilty about that right and that is also a part of an expectation that he has of himself that he's not living up to and then a lot of us you know let ourselves down that way or feel um which an expectation can also be turned into an addiction yeah you know um you know where you feel you have to work out every day you miss a day you feel guilty about it and whatnot and um how does that growth process work for you you know how do you make the differences about the expectations you have of yourself and the expectations that other people have of you to live up to that are their standards of what they see you as like what i like to call the sifu
0: in the bottle mm-hmm. right <clears throat> so one of the biggest aspects for me is i, I did the same thing you know i, I there's a lot of times where you i wouldn't live up to my own expectations and it doesn't matter what it is whether it's it's schoolwork or whether it is the training and the the hard part was when you didn't live up to those expectations the emotional backdraft was actually worse than not accomplishing what you set out to do. So, you know, I say, you know, I'm going to do this many forms today, or I'm going to write this much today, or I'm going to do whatever it is, whether it's errands, things like that. The guilt, lack of a better word, the guilt is what really did more damage. Because it was the guilt that held me back from doing other things or rebounding. You know what I mean? So... Let's say, let's say it's training. If I didn't train as much as I wanted to one day and that affected me into the next day, it basically poisoned my emotions and it limited me from doing the other things that I also needed to do. And it didn't, you know, I felt so bad about missing one day of training. It would. It's not unusual that I would miss multiple days of training. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is, is the really harsh part of the cycle. So whether you call it acceptance or whether you call it forgiveness, you've you got to be able to accept that you missed that day, forgive yourself, and move forward. So I, I, believe, it's, I believe it's the military. I'm not sure which branch, but they have a, a saying called bias towards action. So you get as much information as you can, you know, but when it's time to move... You have to move. So, instead of dealing with the guilt, you can, you know, accept that you messed up, take that as information, and then kind of, you don't want to forget it, but you push it to the side and move forward. You know, I didn't do as many forms as I wanted to yesterday. Now, with certain things like form work, you can't really make it up. But with things like writing, if you're talking about in terms of word count, you can. You know, okay, I missed writing my... 500 words or 1,000 words yesterday. I can write 2,000 today. I can write 1,000 today. And not that it makes up for it, but as far as internally, you're proving to yourself that you have the discipline to continue to follow through. And it's also saying, yes, I'm going to make mistakes. Yes, I'm going to screw up, but they're not going to stop me. That's, that's been the most important aspect for me. Because, you know, in the, in the last... 10 years of training with you, I've, I've stumbled many, many, many times. And I, I still, I'm going to continue to stumble, but I'm going to handle it differently. And uh, you talked about, it reminds me of when we're training, create new ground. Right. You know, you talk to me, and when you move, and you know, throughout the forms, doesn't matter what the form is, you may lose your balance. You may slip up. The, the kick may get away from you and pull your other foot out from under you a little bit. The point isn't fighting to get where you are back. It's moving to a new position to move off of it. And most of the time, you might be the only one that knows you made that mistake. You know, so other people, you know, in your mind, Kenny, you get more done than most people I know. So if you, on one day you're like, I didn't, I screwed up. I didn't I didn't finish what I set out to do, so from another person's perspective, they would never have that they would never see that they wouldn't conceive of it because of how much you got done in everything else so that's really positive trait that's really good. and I remember the other day in one of the Sunday classes I called you a mechanism because and I didn't mean it as a compliment and I'm glad you took it as one because you just set yourself in motion. I'm like, damn, that's really cool so it's very difficult for people to get that point. And I'm not saying that's the right way for everyone to be, but I would like to avoid having the expectations of other people and my own unrealistic expectations to get in the way of taking that action in that way. So that's more what I wanted to talk about.
1: Well, you have someone like like you, Kenny, I will say... um has the ability to uh, take action Hmm. and to attack whatever situation may come up which sometimes also causes right anxieties and frustrations Mm -hmm. in you as well you know how do you explain that you got there you know why do you attack things the way that you do why do you do what you do and is that expectation that you have just of yourself or do you feel that other people have these high expectations of you to do that? I mean, are you doing it for you? Or else you, are you also doing it because of the commitment that you've made to other people to do it?
2: Yeah, both. I make it for myself so that things don't back up. I have my, my thing in my mind is that I don't want things to pile up too far so that I can't dig my way out of this. You know, I have too many things in the pile, too many things in the queue. Mm. So I do them. I don't leave them. I don't procrastinate. But I understand procrastination because I have it for certain things. I still have it. It's still there. Right. It's just that at some point, uh, the idea of the procrastination is like, uh, I don't want to keep thinking about this. Let me just do it and get it over with because I have too many other things to think about.
0: Mm.
2: And the reason why, one of the big factors is nobody else will do it. You know, it's, it's like, if I don't do it, it either A, won't get done, or B, it will get done badly, in which case it will make more work for me later, so I'll just do it. And then, I guess down the list, you know, C D E those, uh, I guess, would fall under, I want to do it because I want to help people. Yes, there's people that I don't really feel obligated by expectation. If someone doesn't like what I do, I always do my best. That's how right. I avoid that. If it's not good enough and I didn't meet your expectations, well, find a better guy. I did what I could do within that allocated time period. Now, it's a lot more stressful if you give me, like, I'm giving you a week to do this thing. Then I'll have a high expectation. That's how I got good at other things in my past is by I would, I have, like, OCD. So that's, you know, this has to be perfect. I'd go over the same line over and over if I'm drawing a picture until the paper shreds. Until so there's the eraser each of the paper, but I have three thousand lines on that paper, and now on the next sheet of paper I have six thousand lines, and before I know it I can draw a line better than Adobe Illustrator. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So and, uh, <laughs> so yeah, but is it a
1: matter of you? Um, so finding finding time. That is what gives me stress. That's very stressful. Is. And that, you you think, could have something to do. So it's not a matter of having time to do something. It's also forcing yourself to give yourself time to do it. Or, you know what I mean? Like if somebody gave you a week's time, that's too much. If somebody gave you a day or a couple of hours to do it, you feel
2: more contracted to do it in that time than... I would appreciate that if I got a time span, like here's a day to do it, it. I'd sit down and I'd actually do it. Because I never get that. I have to do a whole bunch of things on my own time, you know? So, like, you know, right now, I'm doing what I want to do. We're, we, This is our free time. Right. We're taking our free time to make this podcast, and that's cool. But, but also, it's our
1: free time. We've made it time. We made time for we it. We made
2: time for it, but this is cool because now we can dedicate... So you allocated it. time. Yes. It. This is different. You know, whereas, like, at, at work or um, even at home, sometimes I come home, and there's multiple things that have to get done. I mean, I could run through a list right so crazy yeah. that you know that's so what multitasking causes...
1: and time management. yeah
2: multitasking that that's stressful because sometimes i can't do i i can't do it as well as others definitely you know i i really respect people that can do like they're just doing 15 things at once and they're getting done correctly and that's like whoa that's amazing that's a mecca that's a machine i've been called that before my friends are like dude you're a machine you just keep going and going brendan calls me that and uh People that are not so friendly, you know, they call me other things. And all <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, and that's really commendable, and that's something that I always look, and that's part of where I want to get to, you know. Like, if they can do that, I can do it too. I just have to figure out how to better manage my time. But that takes time too. I don't have the time to just sit and read a book on time management. I've actually been offered those, and those are the ones I read for 15 minutes. And I was like, if I don't get to bed now, tomorrow's going to hurt. And that's when I have the time. And after this, we have another thing lined up, don't we? And the next thing, and the next thing. And I have a small amount of time to do things. Here's the problem. Other things pop up in my allocated time. Which everyone has to deal with. I'm not alone. I can't complain about this. Everyone. You're in the middle of fixing your car that if you don't fix, you're not going to work. You're not making money. You're done. Right? And then suddenly, the stove breaks. Now you can't eat. So now I have to prioritize now which one has to get done first. Well, the car is more important. The stove can wait. It's not a big deal. But the refrigerator blows up. Oh, shit. All the food's going to go bad in a few hours. Let me stop this, go fix that. And then you realize that the tool you need to fix the refrigerator is cracked. So you you end up fixing one thing to fix another. And the circle keeps going. I've had days where I've actually taken pictures of these things because they're so crazy. It's like, man, this feels like an examination. Like, whoa, whoa, So this subject that we're talking about
1: kind of goes
0: into a lot of different venues. It goes into a lot of things, because Kenny's talking about the balance of the haves to dos versus the want-to-do's. Right. There's a lot of that in there. But um, there's back to the original topic, as far as expectations, there are certain things you can and can't do within the realm, and I know this has come up when you were baking, seafood. So most people feel, and in my mind this is an expectation, most people feel... That they cannot say no to their boss to their employer. When the employer, when the boss asks for something, they feel basically it comes down as like a, a directive from God, <laughs> and that's how, and that's how they feel. And there's there's an emotional weight to that. And I know there are certain times when you've talked to your manager or your boss and you go, no, they, and you you choose you don't say it all the time because you can't do that but I've had friends that have been asked to do work like two steps above their pay grade and they don't even have like the technicals technically, you know, to do it, but they're still asked to do it and they feel they can't say no. You know what I mean? I believe that happens to you from time to time. Yeah. And you, you feel like "I, I can't say no. Like I like this guy, he's my friend or, you know, like this is a really cool lady and I'm not trying to call you out specifically, but this just happens in work environments and within certain parameters, I think there is a time and a place, albeit limited, where you can say no and, and sort of keep those, put those expectations in your mind that, you know, those internal ones in check. So it, it happens with parents as well, you know, even when the kids in their twenties or thirties, the parents would be like, "Go do X." And I'm not saying say no to your parents for the sake of saying no, but when they ask for something unrealistic, and this happened to a friend of mine, he had to, he had to take care of his mom because she she had surgery, and that's normal. But the the scheduling it, it wasn't it wasn't. Uh, like a, a, a life-threatening surgery. It was just something that needed to get done within the next several months. So there was there a was wiggle room. I think it was on the, the leg or the foot, but it wasn't life-threatening or anything like that. But they're like, we're not going to be around here. We're not going to be around this time. So what does mom do? She schedules that at the exact same time. Because that's how moms are. <laughs> <clears throat> but so you have this balance. You're like, yeah. So that one's a little trickier because she actually needs someone to be around, but at the same time, there has to be some room, some dialogue. You know, no, 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 I told you we weren't going to be around. Either, you don't want to force your mom to make other arrangements. You do whatever you can and then move from there. But at the same time, you also have to respect your own decisions.
1: Like Okay, so there you go. So if we were going to bring this back around, you could see that there's a lot of variables here. Yeah. A lot of things that comes into time. A lot of things like, you know, Kenny's ability to attack things. Yes. Um, everybody's ability to attack certain things in their, in their schedule or whatever it may be. And like what you'd say, like with the, the fellow's mom, communication. You know, yeah. how you communicate with them. But if we're going to come back to exactly what we're really trying to talk about here, right? with all of these things that it seems to web into, that leads into, there has to be, and when you talk about core values, and you talk about other people's influence or expectations of you, the first thing that you need to have is an understanding of who and what you are on your good points and your not so good points. You need to evaluate who and what you are as an individual and see where you stand. So. In other words, you you need to take action and have better action taking abilities to see where you would want to take action, where you're weak at taking action, other places where you do have uh, a tendency of taking more direct action or where Kenny tries to take action in so many things and tries to juggle everything at one time. And he does a pretty good job of it, Yeah, you know, but at, at the same point, uh, at the end of the day, he may be a little bit frustrated because he has to schedule to watch TV for 15 minutes at the end of the day. And i got to watch at least 15 minutes to feel that I'm relaxing a little bit because there's so much going on. So when we get into this, the idea of who you are, so sometimes you outgrow yourself. And this is what I wanted to, you know, what you were when you started this conversation, okay. But what you need to see. It's like a religious leader or a politician or anything that you you may follow, you may have a lot of people or certain individuals or just the head of your family, you know, the, the unit in your family. If there are changes in things that you see in yourself and that the group does not see because you have an expectation to be who you are to that group, then you're not really truly revealing who you are anymore. So in other words, if you outgrown certain beliefs certain structures, certain things about yourself, you need to convey that to the people that are around you. Because the people that are around you need to know what changes uh, you have made and uh, where uh, you have uh, come into those changes. So in other words, like you may have preached a certain way to your family. You may have preached a certain way to your congregation. You may have preached a certain way to as a teacher you know in the martial arts or whatever it may be but you've changed right first thing that you need to do is you need to recognize that change in yourself then you have to bring that change to the people that are around you so if you have outgrown certain things about you you need to recognize that and then bring it to who's ever around you or whatever group is around you so the changes that you may make uh, in your life, you have to first recognize that and then take action for those changes and responsibility to them. And you also need to let your group know what changes you have. And then then you may have to deal with jealousies. Right. You know, From different people, from different things, people that are there that are, you may convey certain things to may end up getting jealous that you're making headway or the changes, or they may not want to change. The important thing is that you know what ground you stand on and that comes into a very significant part of self-awareness to become more self-aware so basically you as an individual as the captain of your ship right the captain uh, that's a vessel gathers information is honest with the information that they have about themselves the changes that you've made the changes you want to make so you're not creating anxieties I mean if you if you fail and say you don't live up to your expectation then for whatever may be let's just say I don't know I'll Give you an example you you want to lose weight right it's something something simple and you want to be more fit you know you want to do more so you're doing fine you're doing great and all of a sudden like you have a bad day and you start eating some cupcakes right and then the next day you eat some more cupcakes and whatever it is, you need to first not feel guilty about that and accept that, okay, this was and is just an indulgence. It doesn't mean that you failed. What it means is all it was was an indulgence that's temporary. But if you think of it as I have this high expectation of myself and I have these high you know, values of myself, I failed. I failed this. I've stopped this. And therefore, like, I, I can't move on from here. Instead of just understanding that, hey, this is where you are at this moment. Okay. Indulge in it. Enjoy your cupcake. It doesn't mean that you stopped your journey. So this is the expectation one you have of yourself. And therefore, you, stop, you don't continue your journey. You don't keep moving. You've already failed that. I haven't lived up to my expectation. That's how... You get high expectations. I don't have high expectations. I just am. And therefore, I practice the art of motion and movement. I don't have an expectation I should be better, or I should do this better, or I should work out more, or I should be here, or this, that, and the other thing. I don't have any expectations of myself. But everybody else does. That's what I call the sifu in the bottle. Oh, sifu, you wouldn't do that. Or for you wouldn't feel this way. Or for you would do that. Or if you got mad at that guy, you would do this. And I'm listening to people talk about me and I'm saying... <laughs> and all I there, do yeah. is say, okay, yeah, whatever you want to think. I don't really... It doesn't really affect me. So, if you want to improve, stop having expectations. And stop having expectations of what other people have expectations of you of. Gather information... See what they have to say, whether you may view it as a jealousy, you may view it as you know, over-the-top um, expectation of you. It doesn't matter. If you truly want to have free will, if you truly want to have like uh, what your values are, have your values in what you feel is valuable to yourself, what you want to gain, but don't have an expectation of that gain. Why? Would you think about it, why would you do that? Why would you even have an expectation of yourself? Because by giving yourself an expectation, you've given yourself failure. Why would you do that? And why I have to be a better person. I have to change. You've already given yourself an expectation and you've opened yourself up for criticism. So Ben and Kenny come up to me. You guys come up to me and say, you know, Sifu, you did this here. We really didn't expect that of you. And on the outside, I go, okay, let's talk about it. Let me see what you guys saw that I didn't see. But on the inside, I'm saying, I I don't care. (laughs) You know, like I care because you guys care. Let's talk about it. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe they see something about me that I need to put in check. I need to understand. So I step back and allow other people's expectations and whatnot to see. But I really, my, what allows me to do that is I don't have an expectation of myself. Like you guys all see me. Man, what you could do in the arts is really amazing. You know, I need to, I need to have that. I need to practice more. I need to do that. You've already lost it. If you go into a, a bar or anywhere and there's a big person in front of you and you're thinking about it, you're thinking about, oh man, that guy's big. Uh, <clears throat> I hope I, I. wonder if this kung fu or what I'm doing really works. You've already lost. And the other thing, oh, if that big man grabs me, I'm in big trouble. You've already lost. <clears throat> you're looking at all these variables and stuff. I'm not saying not to think a combat strategy, you know, positioning this, that, and the other thing, especially if it gets out of hand. If this big man grabs me, I'm in trouble, then don't let him grab you. If you're already thinking, like, could I hit the is my hit strong enough to take this person down? You've already lost the fight. You've already have an expectation of how it's going to turn out or how you should be before it even happens. Therefore, you are not practicing the art of movement. You're not practicing motion. Movement means that one thing grows into another, like you know, kind of like how I view death—a dream floating into a dream. It continues from one motion to the other. I practice the art of movement, not expectation. Sometimes I will sit back and say, man, what an idiot I've been. You know, I've been really dumb. Why didn't I see this? That's not an expectation. That's a realization. Understand that. It's a realization of what I didn't see coming, and now I see it, and now I have the ability to move and do something about it. And the expectations of others, I take that. I take it in, but because I don't have an expectation, I am always true to who and what I am, where I am in the now. I'm not living up to anybody else's standards, but my own. And if people like me and respect me for that, they respect me because they're seeing a truism. They're seeing what I am. And if they care to talk to me about something that I may have disappointed them with, or something that I'm not living up to, I will open up and listen because I don't have an expectation of myself and I don't have an expectation of them. I open up and listen and I practice the art of movement. It's the same way in belief. My belief is always changing. If something I said today changes six months from now, two years from now, I will bring it up and say, hey, I've changed. I don't feel that way anymore. I feel this way. But it all comes from the root foundation of where I was in the first place. But if I have an expectation, or if I want to live up to other people's expectations, how can I possibly grow? And then all I want to create is followers. I want people to just follow me because it gives me security. What I look for in the martial art, in the teachings, in my life coaching and everything I do, is to create an individual. For the individual to create their mythology for the individual to create themselves. So you right away may think that my parents always expected me to be married and have a family. Therefore, you create an expectation of yourself and they create an expectation of you and you've already lost because then you're just living under the anxieties of everybody else's umbrella instead of living to who you are and saying, this is how I am and this is where I am now. I'm not saying that one day I would not want to get married and have a family. But this is where I am now. You have to be honest. And sometimes, if you do fall in love with somebody, you will sacrifice what you are because why? Because you love them. It's as simple as that. You want to help them. You guys respect and love me, so you do a lot of things to help what we're trying to do grow. Because you respect, you do it. And therefore, that's not an expectation. That is respect. That is where you stand at this time. And some of the sacrifices you may make for other people in your life. You know, like the idea of giving. You know, what was that? One thing that you told me about. Did we talk about that on the last uh, podcast? I don't know. It was good where the person carried that sign around
0: and Uh, said, uh, you know, what did did it say? It was a social experiment and basically the signs of like F the homeless. Right. And he walked around with that, right? People stopped left and right, uh, yelled at the guy. They started listing all the things he could do to help the homeless people. <coughs> and he did this in several locations. Um, he was accosted by police officers, <coughs> homeless people, right, uh, random passersby. And then it, uh, it ends with the juxtaposition where the guy is um, wearing another sign that says help the homeless. And he's holding out a collection cup. And people are just walking by him like he's invisible. There you go. Expectations. Right? People's expectations, their values,
1: whatever it may be, coming to the forefront. I don't have any expectations. And you guys know me many times. I mean, I obviously won't take money out of my wallet, you know. But even if I know the guy's conning me, how is he taking advantage of me if I know he's conning me? I know a lot of people that are homeless on the street that there are cons. Hmm. I couldn't do that. I couldn't walk up and con somebody. That's a lot of work. Hey, here's a dollar just because that's a lot of work. That's how I, how I look at it. And sometimes the same guy will come in, Hey, man, you tried to con me last week. You've got to remember faces or it's not going to work. And some people are homeless. They really need the money. Some people you give a dollar to and they go out and they buy more alcohol with it. You know. And I was on the streets a little while. I won't get into that, but I can know that that vibe and what people do with their money and what they don't do with their money. Right. But my point is, is that I don't have an expectation. You guys do. You create anxieties for yourself instead of just truly living in the meditation of movement. So, And then you create anxieties about what everybody else feels about you. If your mother is saying something about you or your sister or your brother or your husband or your wife or whatever it is, it's your job to listen, not get offended, not take a position, listen. And that's how you grow. That's how you practice movement. And sometimes, sometimes, yes. Sometimes you have to do combat. Sometimes when a person is trying to hurt you, or their jealousies are getting in the way, sometimes you have to confront. That's your training. You should have the ability to stand up and confront when you need to, or to apply different strategies even when you don't want to. And obviously, you may be even uncomfortable about it because you don't want to do it it's like the time i was in 7-eleven these these guys wanted to rob it okay and there was these guys that came in you could tell they were from the hood they came in to the 7-eleven that they should have never been in and they started harassing the guy who was a chinese guy behind there right and they start so automatically automatically i could see these guys want to rob the place right so there was two guys there and a, a woman and another guy on the other side And uh, I remember the woman I was more afraid of than anybody because she was bigger than everybody there, right? (laughs) And she was there, and I said, okay, they are going to try to rob the place. Everybody left the building, but I knew if I left, they would have robbed, and I knew the guy behind the the counter. And I know there's more to this story. I'm not going to bring all the other stories up that happened. So I walked over, and I filled up my teacup, a large teacup full of hot water, which I learned that holding that teacup full of hot water is not a very bright thing to do. Because I go back in line, where they're yelling at each other, holding this hot teacup, burning my freaking hand off, sending it to one hand to the other. Then I notice a guy walks in with a sweatshirt on, and I could see that it had weight in it, so I knew he had a gun. So then he walks up, and he's there, and I have this teacup. And I played the whole... I know how it was going to go down. And I know some people were probably going to get shot and get killed. For a moment there, you know, I felt really bad for the people that were trying to rob the place. Because I could feel all their sadness, all their, like the, the dirt they'd have to deal with the whole life, their anger, all this stuff. And I'm sitting there, I'm saying, I don't want to hurt these people. You know, and I could see how this is going to play out. And I'm going to have to disarm the person with the gun. Most likely the gun's going to go off. And how I saw it going down, you know, there was a, a strategy there. I saw it going down that the guy was going to end up shooting his friend accidentally when I made the move then I disarm them and not knowing if anybody else had weapons, I have to take some severe action. And in that line, while my hands are burning off, switching the cup from one hand to the other, right? I'm thinking that, wait a minute, I have to take myself out of this equation. I have to take what I feel for these people, what I feel for the person that's behind the counter, anything, and just take action. Nothing happened. The guys, because I stood there, were wondering why I was standing there, and they finally left. And besides that, there was a retired cop who I didn't know was standing outside watching the whole thing. The sequel who knew me wanted to see me in action. <laughs> and then when he comes in, I said, Dude, what were you doing out there? He says, Oh, I just want. I said, Did you realize the guy had a gun? And he goes, Oh, no, I didn't realize. Did you take their plate? No. I said, Okay. So that was really kind of goofy. That you did that just because you want to see me in action. And and I'm thinking that these people, people were going to die there possibly. Or really severely get hurt. But I had to take my expectation. I had to take me out of the equation and just simply take action and movement in that. Even though I felt for the people that were from the hood. More so than I felt for the retired cop and the guy that was behind the counter. You know, because I felt their anger. But I had to be me. Right. You know, I had to get back to who I was, what I trained people in, and even though I didn't want to take action, take action. And that's what you need to do in your life. You need to have the ability to take action when you say you're going to take action and not have an expectation of yourself by the action you take. Whether you're practicing form every day and then you miss the day you practice or working out every day or this, that, and the other thing, whether you eat a cupcake or have a slice of pizza, and say, oh, I feel bad about myself. You created an anxiety. Instead of really enjoying the cupcake and the slice of pizza. It doesn't mean, hey, I failed. Or like a smoker that stopped smoking for six months and all of a sudden has a a cigarette. Oh, I failed. Just means you had a cigarette. Stop right there. It doesn't mean like, oh, I failed. And then you go right back to your habit. You go right back to your addiction. You just, then all you're doing is the expectations leave, and you're just giving yourself excuses you're just given excuses. Right. So, one, jealousies and expectations of others. You should listen. You should hear what they have to say about you, about what's going on. And then after you listen, you absorb it, then gather that information and see more about where you stand. Who are you? What are the points or what are the things that make you you? And if you want to grow in the art, if you want to grow as an individual... You have to have, you have to stop having expectations and move to your goals, move to the things that you would like to change in your life, that you would like to have better, but don't have an expectation of yourself because that allows for weakness. That allows for that dark matter to transfer from one individual to the other. That allows you to get invaded. Now, everybody, because you guys don't even realize it, right? Um, you know, that seafood in a bottle right? But I don't, I say that's fine, whatever level you guys see me as the sifu in the bottle. But for me, the reason I am able to listen to you, the reason I'm able to adapt, to take your opinions, your views, is because I don't have any expectations of myself. And I don't have any expectations of you. I may use it in words, hey, I'm training you guys to be sifus. I do know where I feel you should be, but I don't have an expectation of it. I may use that in words that just come across because they're words, but you as an individual, as a person, I see you for where you are, what you are. And I have an idea of what, how you move and what you should be moving. And what can I bring to the plate? What can I bring to the table to help you see it and move that way? And then when you do move a certain way, I may say, Hey, I I didn't see that. (laughs) Like that's actually better than what I, I thought he would move. But then again, Instead of like saying, oh no, staying with the old, I move into the new because I don't have an expectation of you. I see growth and movement. If I had to say what my religion is, it's movement. It's moving from one thing to another. If I have an expectation of myself, if I have an expectation of others or of others, if I let other people's expectations come onto me, then I limit my growth. Do you guys see what I'm saying? But nobody thinks that way. We all think about, we all get trapped within this this confinement, this this room Mm -hmm. that we put ourselves in because we label it. We label expectations. We give it power. We give the word expectations. We give the word jealousy. We give the word anxieties power over us. I will not do that. And when I feel a little weak and stuff, I said, or I feel a setback, I accept the setback and I learn from it. It doesn't stop me. I don't have an expectation of why it should stop me or, oh, I failed. I just learn from it. And therefore, it never becomes, and it may be for a little while, or whatever it is, whatever I'm maybe trapped in, but it doesn't become an addiction. It doesn't become a habit. And if I keep going back to the same habit, or if I keep going back to it, I don't succumb to it because I don't have an expectation of it. It just is what it is. And I move from there. And that's why I don't let people's jealousies affect me. Why I don't let people's expectations affect me. I'm just being me. I'm always being true to myself. And in my teachings, and what I do is what I try to bring out in my future Sifus, what I try to bring out in an individual that is talking. One that wants to talk to me. Or somebody that wants to grow and learn from me. Right? The saying, grow, learn, teach. But really, I treat everybody equally. You know, how they see or how they view things. You know, and it depends on where you want to go as an individual. How much we will talk. How much we reveal. How much I will train. What I would give to you to give. But the first thing is, don't let these labels... These symbols have so much power over you. And stop having an expectation of what others think and have an expectation of yourself and just move. Move from it. Understand what the word expectation means and understand where you stand within that. You know, and how you self-create. And then when you decide to do something in your life, whether you decide to do it because you understand who and what you are from where you are, or you do it because of your love or your compassion or your caring for someone else, or a group. You exactly do it because you want to do it. Not because you want praise, not because of your ego, not because of anything. You do it because I want to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay with this person. I'm going to be with this. I'm going to take on this thing. You do it because you know exactly who you are. Not because you have an expectation or because other people have an expectation of you. And that's how you deal with expectations of others and jealousies and whatnot. But first, it starts with you. How you think about you. And then you're really coming into the realm of grow and learn. Then you have some control and the words, and not even control, you have movement and the words don't have power over you. The symbols don't have power over you. And then you're really on a path to really self-discovery, constantly changing, constantly growing, constantly learning, never tied down by your own self-worth of expectations or others, because then you practice the art of movement, and the invisible is what really matters. Okay. How's that, guys? Was that good?
0: Yeah, I can't really add anything to that, so... All right, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Way of Violent Realization. If you'd like to see or hear more, you can check out the website, systemswithinsystems.com. We have a YouTube channel and a Facebook page that you find the links for. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to our email, sws.kungfu at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you.